The gospel reading for this morning comes from John's gospel beginning in the ninth chapter at the first verse. John wrote, Walking down the street, Jesus saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, causing him to be born blind? Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. There's no such cause effect here. Look instead for what God can do. We need to be energetically at work for the one who sent me here, working while the sun shines. When night falls, the workday is over. For as long as I am in the world, there is plenty of light. I am the world's light. He said this and then spit in the dust, made a clay paste with the saliva, rubbed the paste on the blind man's eyes and said, go wash at the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. And the man went and washed and saw. And soon the town was buzzing. His relatives and those who year after year had seen him as a blind man begging were saying, why, why isn't this the man we knew who sat here and begged? Others said, it's him all right, but others objected. It's not the same man at all. He just looks like him. He said, it's me, the very one. They said, how did your eyes get opened? A man named Jesus made a paste and rubbed it on my eyes and told me, go to Siloam and wash. I did what he said, and when I washed, I saw. So where is he? Oh, I don't know. They marched the man to the Pharisees. This day when Jesus made the paste and healed his blindness was the Sabbath. And the Pharisees grilled him again on how he'd come to see, and he said, He put a clay paste on my eyes, and I washed, and now I see. And some of the Pharisees said, Obviously this man can't be from God. He doesn't keep the Sabbath. Others countered, how can a bad man do miraculous God-revealing things like this? And there was a split in their ranks. And they came back at the blind man. You're the expert. He opened your eyes. What do you say about him? He said, he is a prophet. The Jews didn't believe it, didn't believe the man was blind to begin with. So they called the parents of the man, now bright-eyed with sight, and they asked them, is this your son, the one you say was born blind? So how is it that he now sees? His parents said, We know he's our son, and we know he was born blind, but we don't know how he came to see. We haven't a clue about who opened his eyes. Why don't you ask him? He's a grown man and can speak for himself. His parents were talking like this because they were intimidated by the Jewish leaders who had already decided that anyone who took a stand that this was the Messiah would be kicked out of the meeting place. And that's why his parents said, ask him. He's a grown man. They called the man back a second time, the man who'd been blind, and told him, give credit to God. We know this man's an imposter. He replied, I know nothing about that one way or another. But I do know one thing for sure. I was blind, and now I see. They said, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? I've told you over and over again, and you haven't listened. Why do you want to hear it again? Are you so eager to become his disciples? And with that, they jumped all over him. You might be a disciple of that man, but we're disciples of Moses. We know for sure that God spoke to Moses, but we have no idea where this man even comes from. The man replied, this is amazing. You claim to know nothing about him, but the fact is he opened my eyes. It's well known that God isn't at the beck and call of sinners, but listens carefully to anyone who lives in reverence and does his will. 
that someone opened the eyes of a man born blind has never ever been heard of, ever. If this man didn't come from God, he wouldn't be able to do anything. They said, you're nothing but dirt. How dare you take that tone with us? And then they threw him out in the street. And Jesus heard that they had thrown him out and went and found him. And he asked him, do you believe in the Son of Man? The man said, point him out to me, sir, so that I can believe in him. Jesus said, you're looking right at him. Don't you recognize my voice? Master, I believe, the man said, and worshipped him. Jesus then said, I came into the world to bring everything into the clear light of day, making all the distinctions clear so that those who have never seen will see, and those who have made a great pretense of seeing will be exposed as blind. Some Pharisees overheard him and said, does that mean you're calling us blind? Jesus said, if you really were blind, if you were really blind, you would be blameless. But since you claim to see everything so well, you're accountable for every fault and failure. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? God, we just give you thanks for all of the influences in our lives that have helped us to see beyond the present, that teach us to combine labor and rest, that bring us the cycles of time and seasons, that sustain us when we are in need. And especially today, we thank you for Jesus, gatherer of folk, teller of stories, breaker of bread, pourer of wine, visionary, and savior. Open our ears, minds, and hearts to your word for us this day. Amen. David C. Reed, who was a well-known Presbyterian minister, spent time in a German prison camp in France during World War II. And he helped to organize an escape for a half dozen of his fellow prisoners with the help of a courageous French girl. And two days before the escape, a British major began to have second thoughts. And he told Reed to get the full details as to where the men would be going. And Reed tried. The response from the girl was simple and to the point. She said, I am at this end of the network and know nothing beyond where you might be on the night you break out. If you trust me, you should be in Gibraltar in six weeks. If you don't, tell me, and it's off. The major said to Reed, well, what do you think? And he answered, trust her. He did, and in a short time, the prisoners were free in Gibraltar. Now, in today's reading, John's long, intricately woven story is all about sight. On a simple, physical level, there's the miracle of restored vision to the blind sense birth beggar. But this isn't just a story about sight gained. It's also about sight lost. 
Blindness descended on the Pharisees, on those who habitual knowledge and thinking just couldn't allow them to see the presence of the Son of God in their midst. Now this beggar that Jesus heals is described in John's words as having been blind since birth. He had never ever had the opportunity to see. His blindness had kept him from meaningful work, but it had become that man's normal experience of life. Having never seen, he couldn't really understand what it was that he was missing. And when Jesus gives him sight, for the first time, his eyesight clears up immediately, but his insight into what happened to him took a little bit longer to process. Although the healed man could now see, he couldn't quite understand what had happened to him, what had been revealed to him. Only after he was forced, first by his neighbors and then on two different occasions by the Pharisees, to explain what has happened to him, does he really begin to take in the whole implication of his experience. Then we get to watch his light bulbs come on in this man's head. With surprising swiftness, really, this simple beggar, whose life up until now had been spent in darkness, is able to clearly see the miracle that is now held up to him. Not the miracle of his brand new eyesight alone, but also the miracle of the presence of Jesus, Son of Man, Messiah, now present on earth, and bringing God's presence directly to the world. And at first... This new-eyed man could only name Jesus' name. Later, he becomes certain that the one who provided his healing was a prophet. And finally, the Pharisees' persistent questioning prods the healed man into recognizing that Jesus must be from God, or without God's presence, he could do nothing. And with his vision now focused... Jesus comes to the healed man and reveals himself as the Son of Man. And the healed man instantly exclaims, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped Jesus. The vision miracles opened up the eyes of the blind man. But it was the man's response to that blessing which opened up his heart to God's presence. You see, once he experienced his eyesight, this man's world was so completely changed that he allowed his mind and his heart to be equally open to new sights and new insights. He allowed his new eyesight to grow into new mind sight and new heart sight, new outlooks, new visions. And his own blessing turned into a blessing for others as he openly confessed the name of Jesus and witnessed to the healing power of Jesus the Christ. Now how many of us have had our eyes open to a new reality and then used that fresh vision to change old habits, old expectations, old convictions. You hold a new baby and you know that our perspective on everything will now be through a child's eye. You come back to your child home, childhood home after a long absence and you realize it really wasn't the center of the universe that we always thought it was. You visit a country where fresh water is a luxury and death and disease is an everyday companion. 
And how many of us have also seen tremendous truths, mind-altering insights, and yet chosen to blink them away, preferring to stay in the safe surroundings we've built around ourselves and our lives? Because we turn off the commercials that beg us to save children. We hurry past street people asking for our change in the middle of their misery and despair. We block out the sounds of abuse that drift out of a neighbor's window. Once again, folks, real discipleship costs something. The price? Sometimes giving up our own agendas and our own visions and our own closely held securities for the visions and agendas of God. To those given the gift of sight, there is a requirement attached. The blessing of sight requires that we pass on the wisdom of insight. In other words, we are blessed to be a blessing to whom much is given, much is required. And really, at the end of the day, I only know this. I am at this end of the network. I know nothing beyond where you might be on the night that you break out. You know, I wonder if the blind man had gotten to the point where it was really tough to believe that God would come through for him. Do you ever wonder if God's going to come through for you? To be sure, God won't always do what we believe God should do. But God is faithful. And God won't always heal every hurt. But God always heals. So ultimately this morning, the question is simple. Can you trust God enough to really see? Because to see or not to see, that is the question. And much can be revealed through eyesight, through mind sight, and through heart sight. Amen.